1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. Good morning, Gary. How are you? I'm all right. How are you guys doing? Great. I have been watching Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah, right. Uh, again, yes, the the latest episode. Again, not horrible, but not great. Nah, it's, uh, yeah, I, like I say, I feel like I said last week, I, I bailed after three. Bailed? You just said, yeah. I've seen enough. I'm not yeah. watching any more of this. Wow. Yeah. But Pam reacted to it, right? Kind of, she's kind of sort of reacting. Um, her reaction is to put out the word officially that she has a documentary of her own coming out on Netflix. And granted, Pam and Tommy is a, uh, you know, is a, it's not a documentary. You know, it's more of a dramatization. So, yeah, it's a but reenactment she, of but sorts. She's go- yeah, she's going to put this out. And, you know, the press release claims she will be, quote, setting the record straight. Um, it's an intimate portrait embedded in the life of Pamela Anderson as, as she looks back at her professional and personal path and prepares for the next steps on her journey. So is she going to um, dispute some of these things that are in I this? Suspect, I suspect, you know, that, that that'll be part of it. Interestingly, her uh, son, one of her sons with Tommy, Brandon, is an, is one of the producers on this documentary. You know, it's so, bad enough that you have a sex tape get out 20-some-odd years ago, and the whole world sees it, and we see the, according to this docudrama or whatever you want to call it, docuseries, that it was a painful time for her. But now to do a documentary about it with your son. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was painful because she didn't want people to know about it or see it. It, it was, was a it very was her personal, private yeah. thing. Yeah. And now you're going to get your... Well, well, on this it's too. the family well, business. Part of what you want, you know, part of the part of the the reason for this, I, I think, is you know they're saying it, this is going to be the whole Pam Anderson. You know, it's not just going to be the sex tape, and it won't just be about Tommy. You know, it'll be about her whole her whole life and career. So we'll get into you know more high minded times like her brief marriage to Kid Rock. You know, I'm sure that'll raise the bar uh, somewhat for her. So, you know, this is she has not spoken out directly about the Hulu series, but I think when you do some when you make an announcement like this, you know, it is it is saying that, you know, you're not particularly happy about that thing that's on and you want people to know that you're gonna be telling your own story. So too. this is her story, not Tommy Lee's story. Correct. Will he be in it? Oh, absolutely. He'll be in it. Okay. All right. So okay. is she gonna so. is is she gonna at least rank all her husbands? You know, you, you would kind of like to see that. I would. I'd like I don't to know hear if she'll. You... Ra- I don't know if she'll rank them. <laughs> I sus- and I suspect she'll say some nice things about all of them. She might say some not so nice things. Is would... she on bad terms with anyone um, uh, of those guys? You know, not that not overtly. You know, I mean, it may be. I think a lot of them are just, hey, we had our thing and we moved on. And we don't have much to do with each other anymore. I think that's the case with Kid Rock. Yeah. I think with uh, with Tommy, you know, they do have a couple kids, and granted, they're grown up now. But you know, once when you have kids like that, you're always attached in some way, even if it's not, you know, even if it's not yeah. close. You know, you do you you do still have a connection. So what's up with uh, Prince and the time and the name conflict? Prince this has is, passed is away. More Day surprised people. 
this week. He put out a social media message that's saying he can no longer use Morris Day and the Time as a name in any capacity. He's performed, been performing as Morris Day and the Time, I don't know, for three dozen years or so now. And now he, he is claiming that the Prince Estate is not allowing him to use the name anymore. The Prince Estate denies this. They say, they said in their own statement that what he is, the way he's characterized, that Morris Day is characterizing it, is not really accurate to what's going on. They say they are trying to have proactive and they thought productive conversations with, uh, with Morris about how, he can use, how he'll be able to use that name uh, going forward in the future. But so we don't really know necessarily exactly what's going on. But, you know, at least what Morris is saying is Prince's estate is not letting him use the name. Prince always did for many, many years. The only time that Prince really stepped in in any way was when the original time uh, got back together in 2008. All the original members, and they recorded an album, and then Prince popped up and said, no, 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 you can't call this the time. I own that name, which he does. He owns the name of the time. He says, I own the name. So they had to call themselves the original seven. Hmm rather than the time, which, of course, kind of harpooned everything. Yeah, because nobody knows who the original seven is. Exactly. Right, that's NASA astronauts to me. Right. Right. So, you know, this is kind of intriguing, but I guess if you see see Morris Day performing anywhere near you in the near future, it's going to be as Morris Day, not Morris Day and the time. What is another word that you can insert and the... Morris Day and the rhyme. Morris Day and the TikTok. And the, then TikTok yeah. Do you pick a them. clock part or do you just pick a I rhyming word? You know, mm. I don't know. If you're Morris Day, do you really need another name as part of your? You know, everybody knows, probably knows the name Morris Day better than they know the day, the name, the time. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know, but I, but I understand. You know, he he had Buddy Holly and yeah, the cricket, <laughs> right? Exactly. Huey Lewis <laughs> and the news. <laughs> But you know, Morris, Morris has been a, you know Morris yeah. had really established this brand, so you know I can I can understand the the disconcertedness. Well, since we're on Prince, uh, Stevie Nicks is claiming that she's the inspiration behind for, uh, for when doves cry. Yeah, this is this is kind of interesting. She uh, she did an interview with the New Yorker, uh, saying that she believes she inspired Prince's you know the big 1984 hit when doves cry. They of course worked together. You know, on on Stevie on some stuff for Stevie Nicks, they met. He was a big part of stand her song "Stand Back." But she thinks "The Edge of Seventeen" when she sings about the white winged dove. You know, and then subsequently spoke with Prince about what a white winged dove was. It's apparently a bird that's indigenous to Arizona, the Phoenix area, and that she thinks he took that. And then she told him about the sound the dove makes, which is like the sound. The dove-like sound Prince makes in When Doves Cry. I'm not going to sing it to you. Oh, we I was going to say, do no, it. We I want to hit the ooh, want baby, the... ooh part? Is no, that... exactly. They ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Well, I won't sing it. We want the... Come on, you almost got... you're almost there, Gary. Do no, it. I'm not. We, you, you, how much of your audience do you want to lose in, in <laughs> less than two seconds? It's I respect, I respect your decision. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so she's claiming this is it. Of course, Prince isn't here to say whether that yay or nay and... The estate may issue a cease and desist, given what they did to Morris Day over the time. But this is what Stevie Nicks uh, has to say about that song. Hey, is David Crosby running out of money rapidly, as you have in your notes here, because they turned off the Spotify thing? Or was he running out of money rapidly anyway? He contends he was running out of money 
rapidly anyway. So yeah, this this came as, as something of a surprise because David Crosby is one of the folks who sold his songs. You know, he sold it to Irving Azoff and the iconic music group. You would think he got seven odd figures somewhere in that. You know, maybe not Bruce Springsteen or Bob Dylan or even Neil Young money, but you know, decent money for his song catalog. But now he. Yeah, he says in a new interview that he's going to run out of money in a couple of years. He'll have to sell his house. You know, he can't perform live anymore. His health doesn't allow it. Uh, he's 80 years old and fragile. And, you know, he's not really making any money from Spotify. You know, well, he's not making any money from right. Spotify now because he pulled his stuff, but from the streaming services. Uh, despite that, he says he will not go back onto Spotify, that he's still, even before... Uh, Neil Young's issue with Joe Rogan, you know, David Crosby was one of the most outspoken musicians talking about, you know, what a what a crime it is, how little uh, Spotify and the other services pay their, uh, you know, pay their artists. So, but yeah, it is something to hear, and I don't know if, you know, if you if you're if you're Nash Young and Stills. If you bury the hatchet a little and have like a cross aid or something, <laughs> well, uh, or try to, try to put try to put some money in your buddy's pocket. I noticed or, he didn't mention he was going to go back to Irving and ask him for a little more cash for the catalog. Yeah, I don't, well, I think he knows the answer to that. So why waste your time? Uh, since we're talking about selling their catalogs, Jason Aldean. Yeah, Jason Aldean. Uh, he seems pub- young to be sold, selling well, stuff he sold already. Publishing, you know, there's a difference between selling. He he sold recordings. Rather than rather than song trademark, you know, song trademarks. So he's basically a lot, you know, sold his recordings to another company to basically monetize even more. He'll apparently have a profit sharing in in this deal, but he got a reported hundred million up front, maybe more for that. I can't uh, think one, of anything I wouldn't do for a hundred million dollars. You know? Really? No. Don't say that. Yes. Yeah. Somebody else. Someone's going to come else. by with a hundred million dollar check, and, and I am It'll be the most debased, <laughs> degrading, painful. But, have, but I will have one hundred million dollars. Speaking, speaking of TikTok, yes. Yeah. Um, somebody else who sold this week though was Neil Diamond. Yes. Um, no price attached to it, but he sold his song catalog, all of it. So going back to the Bang Records days in the '60s and the work he did for Columbia and MCA and all the other labels he's been on, all of it plus 110 additional songs that have not been released. Um, we don't know how much, you know, he sold it for, but he's, he's been the latest to cash in on it. And this is hard to believe, but the Foo Fighters now attached with something that has flopped. Yeah, yeah, no, Studio 666, uh, despite being, I guess, the the only new movie that was out last week. So, you know, they, they missed the Batman uh, by a week. It only brought in uh, one point, just a little under uh, $1.6 million. Uh, it was shown on 2,300 movie screens, which is a major opening around North America. Uh, I don't know how, how sus they are about it or not. You know, you always want a success, but they were out front of it saying, you know, look, this is, we're, we're not going to be at the Oscars for this. You know, <laughs> yeah, this is kind of our trashy little junk film with uh, with Lionel Richie making a guest appearance. So. And Marilyn Manson is suing Evan Rachel Wood. Yes, uh, so Evan Rachel Wood, his former fiance, is one of one of a large number of women who have been suing him and making accus- accusations about you know abuse, rape, uh, mistreatment. I mean, he was brought whole... up quite a bit when the Me Too yeah. movement got some momentum. He came yeah. up a lot. 
No, yeah, no, no, and there is an absolute, you know, and I, I think if, you know, this is one of those cases of presumed guilt, you know, in the society, but he's slapping back here. He's filing a suit against Evan Rachel Wood and also uh, Ilma Gore, another of the women who has accused him of all these things. And then, you know, he's, you know, he, he's, he's, the suit was filed earlier this week. He's charging uh, intentional infliction of emotional distress, defamation per se, a violation of the Comprehensive Computer Data and Access Fraud Act, and impersonation over the Internet. Um, he's asking for a jury trial. You know, he hasn't asked for a specific amount in damages yet, but that is what he's going to be uh, suing for. You know, he says this is all about malicious falsehood that has derailed his successful mu- music, TV, and film career. Hmm. So it's basically punch counter punch. And he's so it's a, is this one of those where you just will stand back and see? And what, what's I mean, your like guess? Said, if you had to put money on this, which side are you going to – Boy, side oh you boy, I, I, I think there's a liability issue if I even say that. Okay. Um, right. so, we, so we shouldn't. But, yeah, I think we, we can acknowledge that there is, that there is presumed guilt uh, you know, on Marilyn Manson's part. I think that's – although this is, this is the first time he – other than just a blanket refuting all of these claims, this is the first time he's taken action since these claims surfaced, surfaced three years ago so we'll see you know yeah we it is we do have to sit back and see how it plays out all right, and all right. we have uh, metallica comics coming out well it's not it's uh kirk hammett the guitarist of metallica um who's you know he's, he's written books he's a uh, horror movie uh buff and collector and you know so he has signed a deal um now with amc publishing so it's not the it's affiliated with the channel but it's a publishing uh, concern, and he's going to uh, to create a new comic series for them entitled Knights of Lono, based in Hawaii, which is where he lives, and it'll follow a detective, you know, trying to solve cases around, okay. you know, around Hawaii. I think it's they're trying to find the uh, the the tomb of King Kamalahea, which I think I pronounced right. That'll be the first one, and then he's also going to uh, to write the foreword for a coffee table book. Uh, that they're putting out. Uh, the guy who created Creep Show, uh, Greg Nicotero, uh, is putting out a coffee table book about creepy stuff. No, Kirk, okay. Kirk Hammett's going to write that, and then he's got a uh, solo EP coming out for Record Store Day in April. How'd you like Journey and Toto last night? Before uh, two we nights, two nights ago, that was a fun one. You know, good hits, hits from start to finish. And is Don't Stop Believing the third song? It was the third song of the set. If anybody's going to see them, okay. you know, don't don't be late. All right, because they'll be here in town. I'm not sure when, but I know they're. I think scheduled. it's uh, May, isn't it? Okay, could be. Yeah. All right, and and Dan, you want to see Toto open anyway? All right, we're out of time, Gary. All right, you guys have a good weekend. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye, Gary Graff, our music guy.